0: Hey there, I'm Janie Budnick, the Pet Biz Guru and founder of the Pet Biz Hive and Pet Biz MBA. The Pet Biz Hive podcast is a space for pet business owners to still get all those things done while getting some tips and business education in their ears. So pop in an earbud and get ready for the buzz. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to this week's Tip Tuesday. So I have been one that has never taken great care of my skin. So I'm 49 years old now and I'm seeing the effects of it when I look in the mirror. It's just amazing. Over the past couple of years, it's like I don't even almost recognize myself anymore. Welcome, welcome to that time of life, right women? You totally can relate to what I'm talking about, I'm sure. And probably about six months ago, I decided, you know what, Um, I kind of listened all my life to people who have said, oh no, you need to wear sunscreen, you need to take good care of your skin, because one day you'll regret it. Yeah, no, I really, really was a veteran sun worshiper, and every year, love getting my tan, until I started having these skin issues, so I broke down about six months ago, and finally decided to develop a relationship with an esthetician and go in for a facial. Which yes, anytime you have a scalpel blade near your face, um, it tends to be an uncomfortable situation in the first place. You're very much exposed. When you are laying in that chair and you have someone working that close to your face, if you have a personal bubble, you have to get rid of it in that situation. But that kind of a relationship that builds between you and your esthetician Um, I mean, it's very much like a salon situation where you feel like your hairstylist is almost like your counselor because you talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about to normal people. You kind of automatically develop that kind of a relationship with an esthetician because they are that close to you, and you know you have the opportunity to have some of those conversations and. That is exactly what happened between myself and my aesthetician. Her name was Kimberly. And, you know, we actually bonded on several levels. We both had kids. So we had the opportunity to talk about kids. She actually had an entrepreneurial mind and was considering opening her own uh, facial location in the future. So we talked quite a bit about. Business and leadership, and what it takes to scale. Uh, because honestly, business is business, right? Doesn't make any difference if you have a pet business or you have a facial salon. There are business principles that are tried and true. And I always enjoyed going in every month to talk to her. Number one, I'd walk out and my face would feel like a baby's butt. It was so smooth and glowing. But I just enjoyed our conversations and we really had started to build a relationship. So imagine how I felt when I walked into my facial appointment, regularly scheduled facial appointment, and a dude came up and said, come on back. Okay, maybe he's just taking me to the room and Kimberly's back there waiting. No, he was getting ready to do my facial and I said, Huh, where's Kimberly? And he said, She's not with us anymore. Wow. I didn't quite know how to respond. So I took my normal position on the chair and let him at it. And it was an uncomfortable experience. Not because it was a guy, I, you know, his, he's just as capable of doing a facial as anyone else but that is not my point here. My point is that my familiar routine was disrupted as a customer. I felt really disconnected from the actual salon. I kind of felt let down. I had built that level of trust with Kimberly, consistency because I was seeing her every month and I had an expectation. And it really just kind of lost that personal touch that I was enjoying. This has made me think so much about how trust, consistency, and personal touch applies to the pet service industry. And I wanted to just share a few thoughts with you uh, for both small companies and larger companies with teams about how you can possibly improve that client to employee relationship, just really the whole thing. First of all, I wanted to start with smaller companies. So no matter what in a pet service-based business, companies flat out just thrive on that relationship building. One of the benefits of having a smaller team is you know there, there can be that inherent personal connection and trust. A lot of times with smaller companies, you do have fewer options of who will be taking care of the pets. So you might have one person that is very consistent in that pet care, and then maybe an occasional one that does come in and help out might actually be you, right? The business owner. So just like Kimberly knew my preferences, knew my skin, knew what level of Chemical peel we were putting on my face as we were working our way up. I digress. Yes, I'm still disappointed about that. But much like that situation, pet owners establish trust with our caregivers, with our employees. They are the ones that are there. You know, we might not, as business owners, be the ones that go there. You know, you might not do anything besides the new client consult um, or the introduction visit. That relationship and that personal connection inherently is built with the direct caregiver. They're the ones that are there. They're the ones that are hands-on with the pets, and they're the ones that really can understand a pet's unique needs. You know, that is, that's really because of consistent, positive experiences over time, like any client relationship, right? Well, the next benefit of that, of course, is the, and I guess you could call it, Continuity of care. Uh, of course, we know that pets thrive on routines and familiarity. Uh, definitely, clients thrive on routines and familiarity. So, when you have the opportunity to maintain consistent caregivers, even if it's a small team, it really improves their comfort and their well being. You know, actually, one of the benefits of having smaller teams with more of a primary sitter assignment is you can better directly work with pets who are people selective, human selective, because you can ensure that smaller, more tight-knit, consistent continuity of care with your actual staffing. Another real area that you need to focus on whether you're small team or large team is effective communication. What I told about my aesthetician experience, I didn't know until I walked in the door. Imagine how clients feel if there is a breakdown in communication or even a lack of clarity. Pet service companies should notify clients about any type of changes. In some cases, it's necessary for client preferences to introduce new caregivers gradually. In some cases, clients don't mind who comes in the door because they trust that you are going to find the best people, but that is not going to be every client and it's up to you as a business owner to determine the parameters of clients that you are willing to take on. But definitely having good communication, providing the the opportunity for clients to provide you feedback, whether this be surveys, whether this be reviews, anything like that. You want to make sure that you address any concerns promptly. Make sure that you are open and willing to accept any type of, should I say, criticism and not take it personally, maintaining a high level of service and communication with your clients. Another is consistent quality. It can be a bit easier with small teams because, you know, you have less cooks in the kitchen, right? But sometimes in those situations, you might not have clearly written standards for care. And that's one of the most important things in any pet service business. No matter who comes in, those clients should have an expectation, as I did that I was going to see Kimberly, that it is going to be a consistent, high quality, repeatable experience. No matter what size team you have, make sure that everyone does it the same way, that there are protocols. It doesn't matter if Katie comes in the door or if it's Corin the care is going to be the same for the pets and of course it's wonderful anytime you can personalize service it's great with the new technology that we have all of our industry softwares that we are able to personalize our messages it is a great opportunity to strengthen your relationship with your clients by reflecting in your messages that you know their pets, you get their pets, um, including funny stories. There are so many things that you can do. I kind of snicker when I hear pet business owners talking about how boring it is to say the same thing over and over if you haven't had the opportunity to just hop into chat GPT and have a whole new world open to you of different creative ways that you can provide your visit reports. But of course, you know, getting into AI and things like that is another subject that I love talking about. So let's move on to larger pet services. Um, Companies that use a team approach. Now, in a lot of our larger companies, a team approach can sometimes, especially if you have a dog that you're doing three or four times a day, a team approach can be, wow, sometimes three to five people on a care team. just depends on how you are set up and how you do your shift work, if you do have that. So, some ways that we can still build relationship and ensure those important features of trust, consistency, and that personal touch when you're dealing with client relationships. So, one possibility for you to consider is to have a lead caregiver. Uh, in some industry company softwares, you will hear it called the primary caregiver, primary sitter, etc. Um, Even within a small team that you might be building up, having a primary point of contact really does tend to provide that personal connection for the client. This one person can really be the one to maintain changes in the client database. Y'all know this, it can be one of the more challenging things about providing client services they don't always tell us when they make a change, but it is nice to have that lead or primary person that is in charge of making sure those types of things are noted. And in that situation, it can be uh, one of your head team members, a lead walker, just someone that is almost empowered with the ability to Go above and beyond to figure out what is going to build the best relationship with that client. Another thing that you can do is regular check-ins with clients. You know, back in, I think it was episode 46, I had talked about the challenge when you have employees who are providing care for the pets or independent contractors, um, depending on what you have, And you don't see the client, you don't take care of the client and the challenge it can be to maintain a relationship between you and your office and the client when someone else is providing services, you need to be the one to establish and solidify that relationship because otherwise you do risk the chance of losing clients to possible shrink if there are independent contractors that are asked to continue providing services because that client had lost their connection and their relationship with you as the company owner because ultimately that relationship needs to be built with you so a great option when you're in that type of a situation is to have regular check-ins Just, you know, give people a call occasionally, see how they're doing if you haven't heard from them in a while. If you know certain things about your clients, which I always recommend doing a great bit of demographic research by sending out surveys, and that can definitely help you learn more about them. But if there is an article that you see that you think they might be interested in, drop them a little email, shoot them a text, whatever it takes just to let them know that you are thinking about them and really solidifying that relationship. Another way that you can really provide that consistent care when you have the larger size teams is to have extremely well-developed client profiles and the history on the clients, the actual preferences of the pets, Uh, One of the newer things in the industry is fear-free certification, and part of that is, is maintaining your emotional health record. And that is just, you know, how the pet is responding in different circumstances. So you know their preferences. You know what's worked in the past. And even if it's been a couple of months since the last time you were there, you have all the detailed information to really provide the most considerate care that you can for that pet. That goes a long way in building relationships with our clients. Of course the better the notes are the more of a seamless experience it is even between multiple caregivers. Now training and consistency that is that's huge. Um, Of course consistency is again, one of the top three things that is going to help maintain that client relationship. And when you have a team that is going to take care of the pets, you have to make sure that they all are trained the same way and do things the same way. Not where, again, there are too many people taking command of what needs to be going on and people are going rogue and making their own decisions. You need to be very clear that you do want to create a consistent, repeatable experience, no matter who goes in that home, everything is going to be done the same way every time, right? This builds client trust and sets expectations. I mentioned earlier, doing client surveys. Now, of course, there's demographic surveys that are great to help you with those touch points in that relationship building. But client surveys, getting feedback from them, no matter what size of business, is invaluable. It is very simple to create surveys in Google Suite. You can do that easily with Google Forms, that is free. Of course, you have SurveyMonkey, there are JotForms, a lot of different options out there that you can really customize to even within the boundaries of a survey, you can create relationship and relatability. And that provides you, of course, the opportunity to investigate areas that you can improve. Our clients absolutely love to be asked their opinion, especially if you establish with them that you're listening and that their opinion is being taken seriously. One of the more recent surveys that I had done was asking clients about our services. Uh, It was a very simple questionnaire. And I asked them, would you rather... I increased the service by $5 or decreased the service length by five minutes. Now, I mean, those two don't relate with each other at all. I honestly was just trying to find out what their values were uh, in the consideration of the pet care. And I was really quite surprised at the answers that I got. So I asked them that question and then I asked them why. And it was well over half of the people, I think it was closer to 65%, that said they would much rather pay an extra $5 because they didn't want to sacrifice a minute of the amazing care that their pets were receiving from our company. It was interesting to find out what people valued that said they would rather decrease by five minutes. The comments that came out of it were so inspiring for our team. I actually shared a lot of the responses with our team. So, even though, you know, I those weren't my two options, I wasn't going to either A increase by $5 or B decrease by 5 minutes. I was just putting it out there as a reference point for clients to find out where they saw importance in in our service between time and money. So I do highly recommend that. Just that very, very quick, easy little question. Uh, And again, another benefit of it is if you are potentially leading into a time when you have a price increase, you will also find out, number one, what those values are. And number two, it will also preface to your clients that there is something coming, but they have the opportunity to provide their input. And there are actually at least two people in the survey who responded in the comments saying that they really appreciated that as a business owner, I was asking them for their input, which was a nice little side effect too. Okay, scheduling. You definitely want to prevent disruptions as much as possible. If you have a staffing situation, that's your problem, not their problem. If you're accepting clients into your world, you really need to make a commitment that you are going to be there for them when they need you. That can be challenging, but it is a relationship builder if they know that you have their back. If they know that... When their father goes into the hospital with a stroke that you have them covered and that's one less thing that they have to worry about at home that is an ultimate relationship builder and you know I mentioned earlier about taking the opportunity to empower your team to um, really understand client preferences and that can also really help If your team is listened to, well, first of all, that you actually ask them what they think would be the best for particular pets and clients. But if you listen to them and you make changes based off of their suggestions. So I always recommend empower your team as much as possible, especially in a larger company you have to spread your time so thin of those direct contacts that you have with your employees that you want to take every opportunity to acknowledge them and empower them because that will then reflect into the work and the relationship that they build and maintain with your client base of course another really great thing that i enjoy doing to build that trust and consistency with clients is having them see more about our employees putting our employees on social media showing our employees providing services for pets um, because that puts them in the room that lets them feel the service see how much we care and the links that we go to to ensure amazing care for their pets And then, of course, another way to relationship build, especially if you are not out there in the field yourself anymore, is providing communication through client education that you have some sort of um, an automated email program where you are personally sending them emails, some sort of contacts on a weekly basis, providing them with value and education so they maintain that connection and that relationship relationship with you as the business owner you as the local expert and resource that they rely on i mean certainly building relationships with the client as a business owner it can be more challenging especially if you're not personally doing the work and maybe you aren't even the face person the person that answers the phone and does the scheduling you know if you're not that face person you just have to be more intentional. I mean, whether you're a small company focusing on individual connections with a tiny team, or if you're a large one using a full team approach, the principles just remain the same. You need to focus on connection, communication, and consistency, developing that trust factor and maintaining that personal touch all right that's all i have for you guys this tip tuesday i will see you again on friday talk soon thank you for listening to this episode of the pet biz hive you can follow me at pet biz hive on both facebook and instagram and learn more at pet what is your next best move